Ron, here are my answers. As to the first question, back in high school, I had always wanted to try acting, but it was never more important than the other stuff that I was doing at the time, uh, like playing D&D and collecting comic books and, and doing sports. And so I just never, I, like, I kept putting it off. And then somebody at the very end of my junior year said, um, I, uh, I will quote him, he said, uh, you're a you penis, you should try out for plays. And so I, I figured that that senior year, I... I thought, well, if I don't try it now, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna go off to college next year. I'm probably not gonna ever do it. So, I I tried to get into the drama class, and I got in, and I auditioned for my first play, and I got in, and I loved it, and I fell in love, and that that was where it really hit me. And it was during a production of Dracula that I was doing that year, where something that I had done, um, that I had come up with. Um, on my own, for the for the character, made the entire audience go, <gasps> and and I heard that intake of breath, and I think I was hooked. And even though I went on to think, you know, that well, I'm, not, I'm never going to do this professionally, and I, I majored in East Asian studies, and I went off and worked for the Japanese government for a couple of years, I had to come back and see if I could do this, and 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 I did. Um, let's see. Um, I enjoy, I mean, acting is acting for me, so I enjoy on-camera acting, I enjoy acting on stage, I enjoy uh, voice acting, and they all feed different parts of me. So, so some, yes, I've, some people have said, hey man, you're doing really well in, vo- in voice acting, why do you even still audition for, for you know, on-camera stuff and for theater anymore? I'm like, because I love that too. Um, and it's why my wife and I produce uh, those things as well. Um, but I would say one of the coolest things about... Uh, working in in voice acting is that uh, if I can sound like the character, I can be considered for it. Whereas when I'm on camera, I'm on stage. I mean, basically what I look like is sort of, I'm sort of pigeonholed in in that area. I'm not going to be considered for the kinds of things that I normally get for, uh, you know, that that I can do in, uh, in the voice acting world. So it really opens up a whole bunch more opportunities uh, for me that are not based on my physical appearance. And that's a a very empowering uh, feeling, I think, for for any actor. I don't know that video games are necessarily set apart from from the other things you would do, like uh, you know, dubbing anime or uh, recording, you know, original animation. Uh, it is. Um, I mean, every, each one of those things will have its own, you know, you got to tweak thing, one thing one way or one thing another, and you got to make sure you keep it on this, you know, on top. Like, uh, dubbing anime is is very much a juggling act. It's like, it's like juggling and, it's like juggling chainsaws or, you know, patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time in a circle. It's, it's, it's timing and you you got to consider a lot of things. I mean, arguably, it's one of the harder things, and yet it pays the least in this industry. Um, so, so, I mean, each thing will have its own its own quirks. But, uh, I mean, the thing about video games is, I mean, it also depends on what you do. I mean, sometimes video games includes performance capture as well as uh, recording solo in a booth. So, so there is that. Uh, that doesn't happen as, as often. I mean, it never happens in anime, and it uh, uh, rarely happens uh, for 
uh, in animated shows. But uh, for video games as well, you generally have to record a lot of lines in a very short period of time. And luckily the director's there to give you some context because it's basically a spreadsheet of lines and you want to give them a, a few takes of each one, you know, a variety that they could possibly use. The director lets you know if they think that that's what they need. And then you move on really quickly. Um, and you're recording solo for the most part, unless you're like on a, a PCAP stage. Um, so, I mean, that, that definitely sets that apart as far as how you do it. Um, I, I don't think it's shrouded in secrecy, not so much anymore. At least when, when Tara's uh, and my book, uh, the new version of the book comes out, it won't be. Um, we, we wrote a book on uh, voice acting several years ago called uh, Voice Over Voice Actor, What It's Like Behind the Mic. And uh, we've got the new edition coming out uh, this summer, and it it has a lot of updates on, uh, you know, doing PCAP and uh, that type of work in video games. So, so hopefully that'll answer the rest of your question. I'm a huge Star Wars fan from way back. I'm not a recent Star Wars fan, um, but Star Wars affected my life to such uh, a, a deep level and uh, to such a degree um, that it will always be at my core. So when I, uh, you know, started working with the uh, Loop Group that does, uh, that works on Star Wars films, I was I was like a little child again. And thankfully, all the other people in the group pretty much are, you know, in the same boat as me. Like you could talk to, like they're all huge nerds, which uh, w- was, uh, you know, I mean, has been uh, a, tr- a tremendous. Like if you had told my my young ass, when I was in the theater watching A New Hope, you know, when it first came out, that uh, if you're whispered in my ear, hey, one day, yeah, you're going to, you know, uh, voice one of those stormtroopers up there. I I wouldn't even, I mean, it'd, it'd be really creepy. But B, uh, I would never, like, I'd never believe you. That that seemed so far from reality. And yet that happened. Um, you, I mean, you know, in, let's see, in The Force Awakens... I didn't really hear a wait. No, I didn't work on the Force Awakens. That's not the Force Awakens. In 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 Rogue One, um, I could identify myself here and there. And then in uh, uh, the Last Jedi, I couldn't really. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I didn't really hear myself in that one so much. But um, but we record. You know, I mean, we record all those. You know, so many of those background characters. Um, that it is fun no matter how you do it. I mean, you've got you've got people coming into this uh, loop group who speak Huttese. Uh, you know, that's that's just a thing. Or who worked on the you know in the in the movies in other capacities in the past. I mean, it's just a big happy group of nerds. I'm a huge genre nut. I love horror and sci-fi and. Uh, mystery, uh, noir and Westerns. And so, uh, you know, uh, fantasy. So, so it'd be hard to say what my favorite genre to work in, <laughs> except I like the genre, you know, I mean, stuff like, like a horror and sci-fi are termed genre. I like that genre. Um, and if I could work in that sort of over and over and over again, uh, I would, I would do that. Um, that is that is my favorite stuff. It was my favorite stuff growing up. It's my favorite stuff pretty much to watch now. It's my favorite stuff to produce. It's my favorite stuff to read. So, 
so that I I don't know. It's ever since I was a kid, it's been that way, and and I would uh, work on that till the day I died if I could. Um, you know, all sorts of things happening. Tara just uh, we produced a, together a web series called What a Lark, uh, W H A T T A uh, Lark, and you can uh, you can find it on all platforms, Amazon Prime and YouTube. Our our YouTube channel is a good place to find things that uh, that Tara and I are, are our company Monkey King Monkey Kingdom Productions is producing. You can go to monkeykingdomproductions.com, but it's better to go to our our hub site, um, which is uh, uh, monkey. Uh, uh, monkeymayhemhub.com um, has the you know the books that we're working on and putting out uh, films web series links to stuff you you know that we've done and, and stuff that you can buy um, the I still love the web series that we created shelf life go out there and watch it it's uh, uh, amazing and remarkable um, or yeah go to one of those you know one of our sites and just sort of uh, look around there's there's gonna be something for everyone there it's uh, we like to tell stories and we like to make things um, I did a, a, a podcast that I'm still super proud of. If any of you are uh, Mad Max Fury Road fans, uh, my friend Travis Centel and I did a podcast called You Are Awaited, a Mad Max Fury Road podcast, which is just that. It uh, We talked about uh, Fury Road for a year. So there are 52 episodes. Uh, we, we watched the movie four minutes at a time and uh, discussed it four minutes at a time. Totally holds up to that type of scrutiny. And... We started having guests on the show, some of whom worked on the film. So, so go uh, watch that, uh, listen to that podcast. Uh, keep an eye out for us. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at uh, Yuri Lowenthal, and I'm I'm fairly easy to stalk on the internet. Although I've backed off of social media a little bit recently, just to so I could get more things done. Um, also, so that I don't blow my brains out at the end of every day. Uh, but yeah, those are those are the those are things. Go go look at what we've done. Uh, I'm proud of. Uh, a series that we did. Um, it was sort of a short pilot series and, you know, hoping to get more funding for to, to continue it. It's called Breaking Silence. It's about removing the stigma from post-traumatic stress. Uh, our first season, uh, we talked to uh, some, some Marines and uh, a Navy corpsman uh, who uh, uh, fought together uh, years ago and uh, talk to them about uh, dealing with how they deal with post-traumatic stress, but we'd like to uh, expand it to other groups. Uh, I know veterans, uh, you usually think of veterans when you think of you know post-traumatic stress, but uh, we'd like to talk to first responders. We'd like to talk to um, the, you know, uh, doctors, ER nurses, um, kids who have suffered abuse, uh, anybody. I mean, the thing is, just to, also just to, to show that Post-traumatic stress is a, a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. It can happen to any of us. People have survived disasters and so on. So that is, uh, that is the, something that I would love to do more of in the future. But you can go to BreakingSilence.com and uh, check out what we've got so far. That's, uh, that's some of the stuff we're into. The last thing that made me smile, uh, it's going to sound... Uh, uh, maudlin and, uh, and, and simple and all way too cute, uh, but my son is uh, almost two, and he makes me smile every day. That was, he, he made me smile today when I came home, and he'll probably make me smile. He'll make me cry, don't get me wrong, as well, uh, but he definitely made me smile. Thanks so much, Ron.